0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Bothho Amplified Pastor Joe here. Today we welcome our pastoral intern Angela Malloy as she concludes our sermon series following Jesus and preaches from Mark chapter one verses 14 to twenty. Enjoy the sermon here.
1: Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, "The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near." Repent, and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Holy words for God's people.
0: I invite you to take a deep breath in and out settle into a comfortable position, centering your body in this space in our shared community now. In your next inhale, take a moment to listen to your body's wisdom and to thank your body for all it has carried you through. Say thank you to your hands for holding open doors, waving to strangers, sending texts, mixing cookie dough and the countless other ways they help you share love. Say thank you to your feet for the many challenges they have helped you to face. And say thank you to your heart for pumping rich oxygen through your body. Say thank you to your source for the beauty and the difficulty of your magnificent and unique body-mind-spirit, are tangible tools for loving like Jesus and for spurring on God's justice. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing to you, O God, our refuge and our strength. Amen. Growing up in Methodist Sunday school classes and choirs, there were so many catchy songs about following Jesus, as if it was the most straightforward thing in the world, as if is not just automatic, um, not an intentional voice, but automatic. One in particular by Harry Clark stands out in my memory. It goes like this. I will make you fish for people, fish for people, fish for people. I will make you fish for people if you follow me. Hear Christ calling, come unto me, come unto me, come unto me. Hear Christ calling, come unto me, I will give you rest. Simple, right? Now, fish holds such an important part in the Bible. In a region of the world so close to the Mediterranean Sea, fish functioned as a mainstay of people's diets, nourishing bodies, and for the fishermen we heard about today, providing for the livelihood of families. With fishing flourishing along the Sea of Galilee as one of the oldest trades during Jesus' public ministry. Throughout the Gospels, we hear stories of fish. Jesus multiplies fish, he dines on fish with his friends after the resurrection, and the first people to respond to his call are fishermen. Fish are such a tangible part of this good news story that the Greek word for fish, ichthus, even became an acrostic, standing for Jesus Christ, God, Son, Savior, in the early church. Whenever fish show up in the New Testament, they exist as a sign of God's creative power, redemptive power, and ongoing power in our lives. In inviting us to follow him and to fish for people, then, Jesus is inviting his first disciples and us into this transformational work and we get to choose to respond to the call. Reverend Dr. Gary Charles suggests that the Greek words of Jesus in our passage today might better be translated as, I will make you become fishers. Reverend Charles posits that in saying, I will make you fishers. This call to discipleship is yet another thing to check off our to-do lists. Hmm. Maybe we can squeeze this fishing for people thing in on Friday afternoon. No? What about 7 p.m. on Tuesdays? Hearing Christ calling, I will make you become fishers, instead invites us into a process of transformation. We're called into the lifelong process of becoming, one where we, together in community, actively fish for people, where we actively cross boundaries to welcome and include. I wonder if, for us, discipleship is a task or an identity. I wonder if following in this Jesus way is an active part of our everyday relationships with God, with one another, with ourselves. Because it's such a core part of my missional theology, I think about this phrase, I'll make you become fishers of people, very often. Jesus doesn't say, I will make you fish for people just like you. Or, I will make you fish for those who already feel welcome in your spaces. Jesus doesn't say, I will make you fish passively for people. No. Jesus says that the disciples are to become fishers for all people. All people, not just some. And that they will go actively into the world. Who is it, dear ones, that we are actively fishing for in our lives, our community, our world? Who is actively welcomed, included? Who is such an integral part of our congregation's identity and values that they are genuinely missed when absent? Whom is still missing from our conversations? And whose stories are we choosing to ignore for fear or discomfort? What's interesting for me in this Mark and text is the immediacy of the call and response. And immediately, Simon and Andrew left their nets and followed him. Immediately, He called James and John, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat and followed him. Jesus calls, and there's no hesitation. Jesus requests their presence, and they choose to drop everything, seemingly without question and without evidence of what will come next. The version of this story in Luke is different. The gospel attributed to Luke tells us of an unsuccessful night fishing, where Jesus tells the fishermen to cast out their nets again. Simon grumbles, and the nets become overloaded with fish, so full that the boats begin to sink. In Luke, the fishermen are astonished, realize that Jesus is the real deal, and act on that evidence to easily drop everything and follow Jesus. The reasons for following Jesus are more mysterious in Mark, and the newly called disciples come without evidence, just because they are called to a new way. Now last week, Jancy invited us to think about what it means to follow Jesus. And perhaps in your experience of following Jesus, like for the fishermen we heard Jesus call today, it's an easy, unquestionable action. Or maybe, like for me, loving like Jesus felt a little more nuanced growing up as you watched well-intentioned adults cast out those on the margins while claiming to be acting out of love. In choosing to follow Jesus, we are choosing to follow the one who dined with the outcasts who asked people what they wanted him to do and believed them, rather than insisting on his own way. The one who nurtured relationship with all who society deemed unworthy of love. Friends, we follow the one who healed by restoring people to their communities, the one who wept at injustice, the one who took tangible action in community to subvert oppressive systems. We are not loving in this radically upside-down way when we exclude, defend, or deny experiences of harm. We can say all the right things, but we are not loving in the way of Jesus when our actions, practices, or attitudes don't align with our words. How then can we follow Jesus and love like Jesus in our everyday life? David Scott, the Director of Mission Theology for the General Board of Global Ministries in the UMC, tells us that the Latin root upon which the English word discipleship is based is discern, which means to learn. Disciples of Jesus are not just those who give their allegiance to Jesus or those who seek to do what Jesus instructs. They are apprentices of Jesus. They learn to engage in the same sort of work that Jesus does. We come to this place seeking to learn about the work of Jesus so that we can put our faith into action. We come seeking to follow Jesus practically and on purpose, setting intentions for how we will tangibly show up for one another and for our world. God's call, friends, is into an uncertain future. We can't always predict in exact details what will happen when we follow mystery's pull. And there will inevitably be both challenges and joys. What we can know is this. God's call is to love all people. All people. Not just those who we agree with or who have similar life experiences to our own. These first four disciples are invited to participate in God's abundant transformation. And they choose to follow Jesus as a sign of their trust in Him and the power of His message. They leave the comfort of what is known, the familiarity of their livelihoods, to learn and grow in a radically alternative way. And we too are called to learn and grow, to build relationships across lines of difference, and to actively fish for beloveds who have been excluded. May we respond with intentionality, knowing that we are beloved children of God who get to respond to God's loving call. In the name of the one who asks us to love all people out of abundance, may it be so. Amen.
1: All right, so that was our latest
0: sermon. As we close out our series, Following Jesus, I really do hope that you take the time to intentionally think about how God is calling us to live out our faith, to not make it just another check off of our task to-do list, but really part of our identity. We hope you have a great week, and we look forward to seeing you next week as we continue on in living into our purpose of becoming Christ in the community. See you then.